You're listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Kitty and Alora. This is going to be the second installment in our exciting historical series on pagan ancestors. Today, we are jumping aboard a longship and sailing the treacherous seas with our pagan Viking ancestors. We'll introduce you to our seafaring forefathers and mothers, including some of the most famous Vikings of all time, and explore ways to incorporate Viking culture and religion into our own spiritual and magical practices. So grab your drinking horn and settle in. All right. Alora. Hello, hello. Hello. Are you ready to set sail? <laughs> uh, I just have to say that that intro rivals my Druid intro. So good job. <laughs> I don't know. Your Druid intro was pretty freaking good. I like the drinking horn part. I know. One, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> because I have two of them. So. <laughs> oh, you do? Nice. Oh, that's right. I know. I've seen them. Yes, they're pretty badass. They're magnificent. (laughs) Many a magnificent mead must be drank out of those. No, they're pretty much for decoration because I don't let anybody touch them. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. So what do you think? Do you maybe have some Vikings in your ancestry somewhere down the line? Definitely do. Uh, Especially because I think it's more because when the Norsemen came to Scotland, Ireland, Mm -hmm. like in, in that escapade, right. My, that's when my ancestry got mixed in with some Vikings. (laughs) Yes. We're going to be talking about all that. I think the first thing that we need to do is, can you tell our listeners what the term Viking means and maybe kind of dispel some misconceptions about the Vikings. Yes. Well, I, I will tell you the common misconception as, as far as defining a Viking, because it seems to be something that people get confused often. I agree. <laughs> but first, so a Viking is specifically a seafaring man or woman from what is today modern Scandinavian countries, as well as Denmark and Iceland. Mm -hmm. The key word here is seafaring. More specifically, Vikings lived during the middle ages and most prominent during the Viking age. If you haven't heard of that, that it's, it was from (laughs) 800 to 1150 AD, give or take a few years. This was a period in time when the Vikings from Norway, Denmark, and even Sweden crossed the seas and raided, pillaged, and also settled in the British Isles, as well as along the coastline of Europe in places like Normandy, France, Mm. which is named for the Normans, which were the Norse men. People don't realize Mm -hmm. that, but we're, and we're going to get into more of the history too, but also most people don't realize the Vikings went as far as Turkey and places in Eastern Europe. 
as well. Mm. I wanted to say, as far as a misconception with Vikings, some people will see Norwegian, Swedish, or Finnish even in their heritage, in their DNA. Typically, Mm. you know, you do your DNA kit and then ancestry comes back and they say you have some Norwegian ancestors, or maybe they've even found, you know, ancestors in their family tree that were from Norway. That doesn't necessarily mean that your ancestors were Vikings. Yes. And I, I just want to interject real quick because the way that I understand the Vikings is that Viking was an occupation, not a a genetic ancestral line. Correct. If that makes sense. Yes. Right. So you could be, your ancestors could be Norse, but they Mm -hmm. may not have been Vikings in their occupation. Yeah. If they didn't, if they weren't seafaring and or right. they didn't leave Norway ever, then they weren't a Viking. Right. Correct. And, and it's like the other thing that I've come to understand is Viking is also a verb. Right. I get something that they went and did because we're going to go a Viking. a Viking. Right. Yes. And I think the, the root of the word Vike actually means like lake. Mm. In Old Norse or one of the older Scandinavian languages. That's interesting. So if you're going a Viking, then you're, you know, headed out on the lake, basically, which makes sense. Right. So a couple of things about Vikings before we go really far into this. One, that they could indeed be violent. when it, they As was necessary. the rest of the ancient world. <laughs> exactly. And... Uh, two, for a long period in time, they were not Christian. They were pagan or also called heathens as well. Because of their belief system before they were Christianized, they didn't really have a specific respect for the newer religion and um, Christianity. So a lot of the, the raiding and the pillaging of the churches that we're going to get into comes off really wrong, especially if you're a part of that religion. But you have to remember they just, they didn't see Christianity in the way that people see it today. Right. They just saw an opportunity. (laughs) Correct. And we're going to get into more uh, misconceptions specifically later on. There are definitely arguments to be said that without the Vikings, we would be living in a very different world. Yes. So can you kind of expand on that and tell us like how Vikings and their escapades (laughs) uh, changed history? Yeah, I can definitely do that. So getting into the Viking age, that part of the Middle Ages that we specifically call the Viking age for a reason, right? So this was roughly between 800 and 1150 A.D., and is called such because the Vikings were really the rulers of the seas and they were kind of scaring everyone in Europe at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they were also called sea wolves, if that gives you an idea. I love that name. Mm. The Viking Age commenced in 793 when a group of Vikings sacked the kingdom of Northumbria which is the kingdom that connected Northern England with Southern Scotland at the time. They specifically ransacked 
a church at Lindisfarne and the monks there were either killed or they ran away. Mm. So the whole idea behind hitting up the churches was that the churches had money. They had goods that could easily be claimed and they weren't guarded at this time. Mm. So Vikings are kind of smart too, in that way. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess the question is why did the Viking age start the scholars? There's many different reasons, but a couple of the reasons were, and it gets complex because these things overlap, right? There, there could have been different reasons for different people, why they went a Viking and pillaged and raided and even moved to other places in Europe. Mm. One of the reasons was there's, there's a theory that in, in Norway and in Denmark, there was an increase in population at this time. And Mm. there might have been an imbalance of the sexes. So meaning there were more males than there were females. And so One of the reasons might've been that they went out looking for wives, which we know to be historically accurate because there is evidence of them taking wives from other places in Europe and even actually in the middle East, I think too. Yes. And of course, the other reasons had to do with politics, power, prosperity, and land. So another big thing then was that silver was a new type of currency at this point, or, or at least relatively new. And the Vikings wanted to get their hands on some of that. So they went out looking for silver. And often if they couldn't take it for themselves, they would stage a siege on different places and basically (laughs) be bought off, right? So a king or whoever would be like, okay, if I give you this silver, will you just leave us alone? And then they would leave and take their silver and probably laugh as they left. (laughs) Right. I feel like when I was doing research for this episode, there is so it's kind of in direct opposition to Druids because we, the Druids are so clouded in mystery and we kind of piece together things. Right. But the Vikings, there's so much information. Right. That I almost had a hard time dialing it down into just an episode. So we kind of had probably the opposite issue. (laughs) But yes, I I, I just didn't know what all to talk about because there's so there's so many cool things about Vikings that you could include. There is. Like there just is. And especially when you like even their belief system is totally different mm-hmm. than even what people think of when they think of paganism and its primality. Like mm-hmm. it even differed from that. Yeah. Agreed. Which which I don't know if we may be getting into later. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it like, if it's fascinating. We're going to get into it a little bit. Yeah. So I think too, with Vikings, they were what I want, what I like to call the OG wanderlusters. <laughs> they weren't necessarily forced to go other places, but a lot of them had this sense of adventure. They wanted to explore. They wanted to see what was out there. What can I get my hands on? Where can I go to make a better life? That kind of thing. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that, I mean, I know that they were violent in some ways, but there's a lot of the picture of the Vikings that isn't painted in that some of these places that we're going to talk about where they settled, they actually were absorbed into the culture. They, they, took on the people's culture where they settled and at some point became a part of them. Right. It's just, I think that 
that's a little bit sad as well, because you kind of, I don't know, it's just like that entire culture then becomes something else. So it's kind of, there's kind of a sense of grief there for the loss of, I mean, I think that happens with a lot of, Oh yeah. Of it. Yeah. It is sad though. I agree with you. So tell us about the invasion of England, Scotland, Ireland. The Danish Vikings, before the Viking Age even specifically officially commenced, the Danish Vikings invaded England first, technically, in 789 on the Mm. Isle of Portland. And I think before you go any further, Mm -hmm. yes, there were different kinds of Vikings, folks. Yeah, I thought I said that before. I didn't say that. No. (laughs) Oh, I think I said they came from Norway, Sweden, Yes, yeah, but I you didn't do specifically define different, it. Yeah, different places. But the po- the point is, is that there were Danish Vikings, there were Swedish Vikings, like right, and so they definitely weren't the same system of Viking uh, as each other. No, but what's interesting is is that the English people at the time referred to them all as Danes, even though they were from the different regions right. and countries. So it gets a little confusing, but (laughs) so, okay. And then the Norse Vikings attack uh, in Northumbria, which we talked about in 793. So that kind of kickstarted the whole Viking age. But like I said before, they specifically at first like to hit up the monasteries because it was kind of like a free for all at that time. They weren't heavily, they weren't guarded at all actually. And the churches held a lot of silver and goods and things that the Vikings could just take for themselves and Bob's your uncle. They're rich. They go home. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an interesting quote and it's a little bloody, but it's, it's just, it kind of paints a picture of how feared the Vikings were in England at this time. There was mm-hmm. a local scholar at the time of this Lindisfarne attack uh, that said <laughs> The heathens poured out the blood of saints around the altar and trampled on the bodies of saints in the temple of God, like dung in the streets. Behold, the church spattered with the blood of the priests of God. So these Vikings go in and they're like, woohoo, like we have all this treasure, like they're partying, they're like living it up, having a good old time, probably praising Odin or, you know, thanking Odin for helping them out with this great feat. And then Mm. you have the opposite side going, whoa, is me. Like, this is the worst day ever. (laughs) There's blood running through the streets, right? It's like the total opposite storyline. Right. But we don't hear the side from the Vikings, really. We don't get their side. We just hear the church's side and how terrible they were. And no, it wasn't a good thing, but I mean, it is what it is, right? Okay. I have a question. Okay. Okay, so this is just an opinion question. Uh, Do you think that if the Norse people never ventured anywhere, that they would still have their belief system intact or that it would have lasted longer than it did? Hmm. If they never traveled anywhere. Right, because... Essentially, with going a Viking and plundering churches and what have you, they get introduced to Christianity way early. 
Yeah, I, th- I, I get what you're saying, but I also feel like they were, and we're going to get into this a little bit too, but a lot of them were forced to convert, but even mm-hmm. during the conversion process, they were still kind of fighting it. So I feel right. like they fought it even for a long time, but right. I mean, it, it's possible. You might be right. Yeah. Or it could be the other way where because they went a Viking, they got left alone in the places that they actually resided because nobody wanted to screw with them. Yeah. So anyways, just food for thought. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about the Viking museum in Denmark. What do we learn there? So this is where we get into Scotland and how the Vikings have influenced Scotland as well. So the Viking Museum of Denmark says that the Vikings were probably one of the most important influences in Scotland. Sailing west across the open waters from Norway, their initial aim was to pillage and plunder, and their first point of contact would have been the Shetland and Orkney islands in the Northern Isles. As the Viking homeland became overpopulated, a migration soon followed and more peaceful settlers arrived. They had come to set up homes in a land very similar to their country of origin. It was not long before Viking culture, language, and community became established, particularly in the Scottish islands. There, they established many settlements, but they also continued their attacks on other areas of Scotland. So the point being here is if you have a Scottish ancestry from northern Scotland, like the the Isle of Skye and all those islands way up north, and also to the west, like the western coastline of Scotland, you may have Viking blood in you as well through that means. Yes. And I think I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's where mine comes from. Yeah. Your yours is the same area as me. It's called Escher. Yeah. According you to know, George. You know my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Our great, 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 whatever. They knew each other. They high five. They were besties. Probably. <laughs> Probably. So where else did the Vikings settle? So a lot of people don't know this, but Vikings actually settled Dublin, Ireland. And yeah, and they also raided and settled along the European coastline, including in France and Germany, northern Germany. In 885, the Vikings conducted a siege on Paris, France. Is this, can I just ask a question? Yep, go ahead. Is there, okay, so lots of people I'm sure have seen the show Vikings. Mm -hmm. So this siege on Paris, is this the same siege that that show kind of centered around? No, I didn't include that one here because it's a little more of a legendary. Mm. Yeah, you're talking about when Ragnar laid a siege on Paris earlier, like I think it's earlier 800s. So that is- and then his brother decided to stay and be the king or whatever. Yeah, I don't know that that part actually happened, the brother thing. But, no, 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 no. That, that's what say I'm that, talking about. That's that whole thing. Yeah, they say they believe. So there was a, and I don't remember the guy's name actually, but they believe that it's another name that sounds a lot like Ragnar. And so some historians, some people theorize that it was actually Ragnar and his men that conducted the first siege on Paris, which was earlier in the 800s, 80, but they don't know for sure that it was him, but yes, that was included in the Viking show as well. 
Okay, continue. Okay, so there was an actual, like a historical siege that we know of, of Paris, France by Vikings led by Siegfried. And this was in 885. Ultimately, though, the siege was stopped by this Count Otto who poured, had the men pour hot wax and pitch down the city walls to stop the the Vikings from scaling the walls. Hmm. So that would have sucked, I'm sure. Mm. (laughs) Ouch. But interestingly, too, this battle between the Vikings and them trying to lay siege to Paris lasted six months. But this Count Otto eventually bought Siegfried the Viking off with a smaller amount of silver than Siegfried initially intended. So I guess they like had enough of the hot pitch and wax all over themselves and decided to just take the smaller amount of silver and be on their way at this point. <laughs> so is uh pitch, is that tar? I think it's like tar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. It's a little bit of a sore subject, but we're not going to go too far into that. They also established the Kievan Rus in Eastern Europe. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So in modern day Belarus, Ukraine, and parts of Russia, uh, the Vikings also settled there. And most of us know that they also made it all the way to Iceland, Greenland, and even, yes, to North America. Yes, I remember learning about the Norse that came to America when I was little. Yeah, you know what's Actually, funny about it, too, is like we, we learn about this, right? Like when we were in elementary school. Yeah, Eric the Red. Right. And then for the longest time, though, like all that kind of went away. And then recently the history or some Nat Geo, whatever, one of those big ones put out an article that was like, oh my gosh, the Vikings did make it to America. We just figured it out. This is amazing news. And I'm like, wait, I thought we've known that. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you, well, I don't know about you, but when I was in third, fourth grade, we learned about Eric, the red and Leif Erikson and all those guys. Right. Yeah. Well, he's there. One we're going to get it into them a little bit too. We're going to talk about them, but yeah. And I mean, there's archeological evidence of it. I, I just, I, it, it confused me. I'm like, why is this now an epiphany? <laughs> like when we've known this. So I think that's like the next thing we're going to get into is kind of these famous or infamous Viking personalities that include Eric, the red and Ragnar Lodbrook and mm-hmm. All those guys. So why don't you start us off with Ragnar? I feel like if everyone knows Ragnar, as he's probably the most famous Viking currently because of the show Vikings. Right. So Ragnar Lothbrok, his name actually means his the Lothbrok part actually means hairy breeches. <laughs> Due to the type of pants he wore, apparently there's like some carvings and things of him wearing furry pants which well is interesting. look it's freaking cold okay he's gonna need some hairy breeches to not get frostbite yeah i agree that is a, that is a very good practical reason and it just hit me too talking about the half human half animal thing maybe it was his way of like mm. invoking some sort of animal that was his oh yeah heck yeah guardian or something you know maybe like you also got to remember like we're also talking about seethe happening and and those types of magical practices are going on Mm -hmm. 
So they definitely had some of these beliefs for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. All right. So Ragnar, his father was the legendary King Sigurd ring. uh, Yeah. Ring ring. King Sigurd ring of the Swedes. Excuse me. Ragnar lived approximately in the early to mid 800s AD. And as we said before, he's probably one of the most famous Vikings of all time. He was also a Danish and Swedish king. He's kind of risen to a legendary status over the centuries, but was likely a real man. We don't know for sure, because I don't think we've ever found a body, but we believe he was a real man. Mm. And what we were talking about before with the siege of Paris. So supposedly, and we don't know this for sure either. So this is kind of clouded, shrouded in mystery. He supposedly led the first siege of Paris in 845. And they say that he was bought off with silver by King Charles the Bald. (laughs) Apparently this king was bald. (laughs) (laughs) And legend has it, he hung 111 French prisoners in full view of the king to honor Odin. (laughs) That's interesting because I didn't know Odin to be associated with ones. Well, yeah, I don't know where the ones coming from, but definitely the hanging part makes sense. Right. Yes. The hanged man, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Three is a magical number, I guess. One plus one plus one. (laughs) True. I don't know, but I definitely wrote it down because I thought there was some kind of significance that maybe we just don't know. We can ponder that later. And I think to... This is part of where the Viking or where Viking paganism is different to other pagan beliefs in that they didn't necessarily believe that the gods were meant to be worshipped like we think of worship. Yeah, I I agree with you to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, so when I went to that gorgeous exhibit about the Vikings, That's one thing that I found was very interesting was the fact that when they did all the information on the belief system of the Vikings, they were talking about how they didn't necessarily believe that the gods were to be honored. Like we think of them being honored. They were more supposed to live in harmony with these gods. You mean like they're not falling on their knees kind of thing? Right. Like, yeah, it's more like a, a, like a best mate type relationship. Yeah. And I think, I think mostly, but I'm also thinking of the temple at Uppsala in Sweden where they had large statues of the gods and they brought offerings. And so there's that side of it too. And I think I say this, I'm supposed to be saying this later on in the episode, but I think too, it just depends on the people, right? It depends on the who you're rolling with, who, what, who your, was your family, what, you know, how you practice. Yeah. Cause everyone probably could have practiced differently. It just because they had similar gods doesn't mean that they all no one had a Bible. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So exactly. it, it was all very individualized. System. Huh? Yeah. It wasn't a universal system. Exactly. Yeah. So there was definitely some, I guess, variety in the way that they practiced and what they believed and same with the Celts and with anybody else, really. I, but I am going to look this up because now I'm super curious. What, the 111 thing? The 111? No, the belief system stuff. Okay, yeah. You can look up the temple at Uppsala in Sweden. 
if you're curious about that. Ragnar, this is where it gets a little legendary. Supposedly, there was a battle with a giant serpent or dragon that he engaged in to win the hand of Princess Aslog, because I just want to pronounce it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Who ends up being the mother of his children. She's also legendary. So, you know, Mm. there's a lot of like elaboration with these stories with them. The show Vikings actually paints a much different picture of her than the actual legend of her. It kind of makes her seem a little loosey goosey. Do you know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) In the show. And she's pretty much the direct opposite of that in the actual legends. So So, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so was there no Lagatha in, in real Ragnar life? I do believe that he married her but he had multiple like he married more than one woman and this was not abnormal right and she but but lagatha wasn't a mother of any of the children that we know of of his hmm so that was incorrect you know how she had i forget which son she had of his or son yorn ironside man yeah no (laughs) no so princess aslog (laughs) who um who married ragnar actually had his five children including ivar the boneless bjorn ironside who may be an ancestor of mine whoop whoop sigurd (laughs) snake in the eye and also marco and it's a very long name after that i'm not gonna try to pronounce it so she was really the mother of the five like famous children of his Mm. yeah he had some other wife too. And I don't even think she was significant enough because there wasn't much on her, but so in a few of the sagas, Ragnar and continues to invade England. Cause this is something that, you know, he was known to do. He was constantly invading England. He continues to do it. And he's eventually killed by King Ella, uh, Ella of Northumbria. Hmm supposedly the legend says that they that he throws ragnar into a pit of snakes Hmm. and so following that his sons sought revenge for their father and they invaded england in 866 with what was called the heathen army so y'all better run (laughs) grab your kids grab your wives lock them up (laughs) okay how about eric the red Okay, so another infamous, famous Viking who settled Greenland mm-hmm. is Eric the Red. Yep. His father was a murderer. And so this reputation basically meant exile for his descendants, including Eric the Red. But unfortunately, Eric was also a manslaughterer who uh, was accused of such in 982. Okay, so dad's a murderer, and then Mm -hmm. Eric the Red is also manslaughter. Yes. So he flees Iceland and goes to Greenland. He named Greenland as such to actually lure people into moving there, (laughs) which actually worked. His son was Leif Erikson, and he declined going to America with his son and died shortly after. So Leif Erikson is actually the one that came to America. In case right. anybody knew yeah. He had issues with his wife as she was a Christian and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. 
the old religion, sex, and politics. Just <laughs> there was they a even, schism in the house. Well, they even slept and lived in separate huts. And he even said her religion annoyed him. <laughs> Greatly. <laughs> I love that part. That's hilarious. It is pretty funny. Okay. And the next one I can't even pronounce. So I'm just going to leave it to you. Canute. Okay. I know. I was going to say like something C-nut. else. Seanut say- the great. Canut? <laughs> Canut? No, that's not. <laughs> So, yeah. Okay, Canute the Great was a son of Denmark's King Sven Forkbeard, and he conquered England in 1013 with his father, Mm. only to see the people elevate an exiled Anglo-Saxon King Ethelred. Now, I have to cut in and say, if you anybody's been watching The Last Kingdom. You probably mm. hate King Ethelred just as much as I do in this show. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> Ethelred is now put back on the throne and they actually name him King Ethelred the Unready. That gives you any idea. <laughs> he dies two years later, which allows, oh, which allows, sorry, King Ethelred's son, Edmund Ironside, which is interesting that that was the last name, mm. to take the throne and he battles against Canute at this point. Canute wins and then takes the English throne for himself and marries the dude's widow. Ooh, rubbing salt in that wound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he also rose to be the king of Denmark and Norway in 1028, as well as a part of Sweden. He was kind of known to love the ladies, which apparently pissed off the church to no end at this point. <laughs> I know these guys were very like entertaining to say the least. (laughs) Okay. So the next infamous Viking we're going to talk about is Rolo. Rolo. (laughs) Not the candy. Yeah. But that's what I think of when I hear that. (laughs) I know me too. (laughs) He was the first ruler of the French land of the Norse, which was Normandy. Mm Mm-hmm. He was given the land by King Charles the Simple. Oh, Lord. That guy probably was <laughs> Realizing he couldn't hold them off, he offered a treaty. The treaty guaranteed Rollo his kingdom and protection of it if Rollo and his men converted to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Always the way, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, what is up with that? That's the one thing you want. But anyway. <laughs> But apparently the conversion of Rollo slash baptism didn't go as planned. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of pushback and supposedly the king was actually kicked onto his butt at one point. <laughs> Eventually Rollo considered the pact null and void when Charles was captured and lost the throne. So they went back to pillaging and raiding. His famed descendant is William the Conqueror. Yes. So. And William the Conqueror goes where? To England. So there's more of the Viking infiltration. (laughs) Infiltration. (laughs) Infiltration. But everybody thinks William the Conqueror, oh, French guy, right? Well, yes, but technically he descends from 
Rollo, who was a Viking from Denmark. They don't really know exactly where he came from, but yeah. Okay, why don't you tell it tell us about Freitas, Eric's daughter? This lady, when I heard about her, I was really excited. So Freitas, Eric's daughter, she was known as the great warrior princess of the new world. She was a daughter of Eric the Red, and she Ooh. followed her brother Leif to the new world. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. In the new world, they were attacked by some of the indigenous people there. And in this one situation, the men all retreated. Well, legend has it, she was eight months pregnant and she shouted, why run you away? Stout men that ye are when it seems to me likely you might slaughter them like so many cattle, give me a weapon. I could fight better than you. (laughs) So she takes up a sword, strips away all her garments and literally the enemy goes running away. (laughs) She scared the crap out of everybody. (laughs) Well, probably back in those days, that was scary. Like I feel like she was definitely invoking Freya at that point. Hmm. Yeah. The only like issue I have with this story, the only thing that like kind of boggles my brain is if we're talking about North American indigenous people, I would think that that wouldn't scare them. Well, like I said, this is legend. You know, I was going to say, cause <laughs> well, who knows she may have, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they might not have ever seen a very tall pregnant woman with who knows what color hair she had. You know what I mean? Like, or that's true. Yeah. It could have yeah. just been like, what are you like? Just alarming. You know, who knows? <laughs> what is this creature? You know what I mean? Who knows what they're thinking? So she was very strong-willed and basically a match for any man is how the legend goes, which I thought was awesome. Well, definitely sounds like it. Yeah. And you know what? The, the book that I was reading, okay. I lie. It was actually an audio book. They were telling me the story, but the, the author of this book painted her out to be like this terrible, like person. And I thought it was a really cool story. I was like, I don't really consider that bad. (laughs) yeah again it's all in the storyteller isn't it yeah perception people perception Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so why don't you tell us a little bit about the misconceptions uh of the viking culture so first of all the horn helmets that all these viking costumes have and that we see on films and tv shows and all that not true where did they even come from then i read a whole thing about it and i don't remember but the vikings definitely weren't going around wearing these stupid looking horn helmets (laughs) (laughs) i think oh you know what i actually did read it actually started in a play like in the 1800s oh for pete's sake yeah Okay. Continue. (laughs) Okay. They, another misconception, they weren't all barbarians. So remember 
the historical accounts of them were written and focused on the most terrible exploits or attacks. And Mm. often history is, you know, well, I want to say is written by the victor, but in this case, maybe not, you know, we'll just say a lot of the accounts of them were written by the church. Right. Okay. Who eventually were the victors. Yeah, true. Good point. Yeah. And a lot of the Vikings were looking for a new place to settle. And in most of the cases, they adapted the new people's way of life. And that's, you know, the Viking age ended, right? Right. Also, did I mention, oh, they didn't, so I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but just bear with me. They didn't just pillage and raid. They also traded with a lot of different cultures and different people. And they were really well known for it. They established ports and trade routes all over the place. In fact, scholars say their raiding and trading stimulated the economy of Western Europe at the time. Yes, I do know that. Mm -hmm. Okay, another one that, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, which then makes you think why did they choose to raid and pillage the places that they did if they were also infamous traitors? Right? Because you would think like something had to be up with those particular areas that they were like, yeah, so trade ain't going to work out here. Well, I wonder too if it had to do with, so a lot of the people they were trading with were, there was like, people in the middle east right like they were they were trading um i don't know in turkey or what have you i wonder if some of these places were more guarded as well and they knew that they weren't gonna infiltrate in that way so they figured let's set up a trade route instead of actually trying to you know Mm. raid these people and then they saw an opportunity at the monasteries in the british isles and they were like sweet this is like wide open True. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just opportunistic in some ways too. Could be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So upon death, not all Vikings were set on a floating pyre, you know, where they set you on the raft, set you out to sea and light you up with a fiery arrow. That wasn't always the case. That I think was reserved for specific royalty and warriors, things of that nature. But they are also often buried. Um, Sometimes a bunch of people were put into one mound or they were even just burnt like in a cremation type process. I am just going to interject really quick with this one, just because, so there have been historical accounts of the whole uh, doing a floating pyre thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And actually, if it was somebody of nobility, wealth, they would actually construct an entire ship and there would be multiple human sacrifices to go along with the dead person. Right on. So it's actually pretty complex when they did that a lot of times. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to dumb it down and like, oh, they just put Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was just trying no, to I be a little just, humorous. I was just giving a little more context. That's all. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think too, a lot of people just have it in their mind that 
that's how it was and that's the viking burial but not necessarily right so it was a lot of more a little more complex than that and and also more simple because a lot of them were just buried <laughs> yes oh definitely because if you're poor you don't have time or you know the goods to be constructing things you have to you're surviving so yeah true Okay, so another misconception that they were dirty or had poor hygiene. This is probably untrue because we have archaeological evidence that Vikings had combs, beard brushes, toothpicks, ear cleaners. I mean, the list goes on. And apparently they also were thought to have bathed once a week, which was sort of unheard of then. Yeah, and historically they're actually one of the cleanest cultures that we've we have evidence of nice i like yeah. them clean. <laughs> <laughs> so also vikings weren't only men there was women if, yeah, if people didn't understand awesome. that already huh i said yeah because we're awesome <laughs> true that okay do you want to go into the religion of the sea wolves Vikings actually didn't have a word for religion. Instead, they had customs, traditions, and practices that it was considered appropriate to follow. Mm -hmm. Supernatural powers such as God, spirits, other creatures were all an immutable part of the Vikings' life. The Vikings believed that these beings were spread across several different worlds, but all were connected and mutually accessible under the right circumstances. The gods were seen as powerful beings with whom it was necessary to come to an accommodation. So the relation between the Viking and a god involved no adoration, obedience, or even unreserved approval. Beyond gods and goddesses, the Vikings understood their world as shared with other beings with whom they had to remain on good terms. So this is something that came from a historical exhibit and it kind of shifts the way that we worship in neo-paganism is it's a little bit different right yeah i mean i i kind of look at how i work with the gods in that way though like i don't think that i need to praise or I don't know what the word it, it's not a Christian way like of dealing with the gods. Right. Well, I don't think that this is I don't think this is necessarily just like the Christian way. But I but I think that there were cultures that were far more like if you do not make this sacrifice to so and so, we are screwed. <laughs> you know what I mean? This um, was a little bit different. I agree. And while I'm not trying to contest a historical exhibit or you, because I know that you have a degree in this, I am going to debate this only because there are accounts of, okay, if the, if the crops failed, like there was a specific area in Sweden, again, I'm going to reference Sweden because I know a little bit more about that side of it. This was like 600 AD or something. If the crops, supposedly the legend has it that they fail, right? And people were starving. It was a really bad winter, et cetera, et cetera. They believe that 
Odin was angry. And so King Olaf sacrificed himself to, I guess, mm-hmm. appease the gods and also bring prosperity to the land or, you know, to bring the crops back to the land. So I feel like I, maybe it just depends on the time period too, you know, mm-hmm. and the people, because that wouldn't even That's necessarily true. be Vikings. That would be specifically Swedish people living in Sweden. Mm. So I'm kind of talking myself out of it here, but (laughs) I guess my point is that, yes, I agree with you. And they don't, you know, they don't worship or like adore that kind of like kiss the God's feet kind of thing. Like a lot of the other ancient cultures, but there is still some kind of like honoring system, right? Cause they also had um, blots where they sacrificed animals and what have you to appease, to, to appease their spirits or their gods. So there is some kind of, you know, to remain on good terms. Yeah. And I think that that all under like their customs and traditions, I don't necessarily think that they thought that that was being spiritual. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is making any sense, but I don't think that they necessarily thought that it was a religion or a spiritual practice. It was just part of life. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. But I thought we were just talking about what they do with the gods, whether they call it religion or not. Right. Well, that that's true too. Like there are other cultures where, like I said, you know, if you don't do this, we're all going to (laughs) die. Yeah. So I don't know. It's debatable for sure. But, and you know, the other thing too is the Viking belief system is one of the only belief systems where eternity is not finite. Like Valhalla is not permanent. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's just a, it's like in the meantime, you go there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I don't know. We could look, we could talk about this all day. <laughs> I was going to say, cause I, I could argue that whole thing too. <laughs> What do you mean? Snorri Sturluson, the guy that wrote all this stuff down. And anyway. Yeah, but Valhalla is not a permanent place of rest. Valhalla is just where you go until Ragnarok. I know, but we debated Ragnarok. Like we, I've even said, we don't know that that's an actual belief that wasn't mutated by the author who was actually a Christian at the time when he wrote all this stuff down. Well, maybe, but I don't know. I tend, but look, I do tend to believe that their afterlife is not finite. I agree with that. That, that I believe like hundred percent. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. We'll agree to disagree. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So we do know that the Vikings, one of their main gods was Odin for sure. Cause there's accounts of that. They also talk about Thor and Frey. In addition, there were probably like other gods that they included in their practice, including Loki, Freya. Basically, you can look to the sagas and the Edas for more wisdom in this area. It was believed that the Vikings were so fierce. It's because of their gods and their beliefs and their practices. But in reality, they didn't have like a defined religion, as we've been kind of saying, as per our view of Norse paganism today, we... Mm you know, people online. And when you learn about Norse paganism, it seems to be very, this is how it is. And this is what they believe. And this is what we should believe. But beliefs were more likely regional or sometimes even family-based. 
depending on the time period and the nation. Basically, the Vikings would come to be Christianized, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) And two, if you'd like to learn more about the witchcraft aspect of the Norse and Vikings, also called Seethe, you can go back to season two of the podcast and listen to our Norse witchcraft episode which goes into a lot of detail on seethe and shape-shifting and prophesying and all that kind of thing. Yes. And what you said about beliefs more likely being regional or even family-based, 100%. Hundo P, I believe that. Yeah. So there's going to be variation, right? Depending on who we're talking about. Right. Okay. So tell our listeners how they can honor their Viking ancestors, if they have any, or just would like to work with the ancestors of the Vikings? Yeah. So first of all, via your family tree, if you can find royalty in England, Denmark, or Germany, and probably some other places in Europe, you might be able to find a link to some of the Viking Kings, maybe even some that we've talked about in this episode. Mm. And if you have English or Scottish or even parts of Ireland, if you have ancestry from those places, you might also be able to find a link to Viking ancestry. Some of the names, like if you look up your familial surnames, sometimes you'll even get lucky and the history of the name will tell you this was a Viking surname. If you have Scottish ancestry, we said it before, but specifically from the islands to the north of Scotland and down the west coast of Scotland, that there's a lot of Viking influence there. And in Ireland, Dublin, Wexford, Waterford, Cork, and Limerick had heavy Viking influence and also parts of Ukraine and Belarus and Russia. And of course, if you have Norman ancestors from Normandy, as well as Icelandic ancestors, if you have any of those, you likely have Vikings in your family tree. And then two through uh, DNA, if you do ever do a Ancestry or 23andMe DNA kit, if you decide to do it, or if you've already done one, you can actually take the raw uh, data, the results, and upload them into mytrueancestry.com, which is supposedly fully private. They, they don't like store your you know, personal information kind of deal. And they actually, whenever they upload new samples, you have to re-upload your results, which is kind of a pain in the butt, but they do it specifically for privacy purposes. But yeah, you can upload your results into there and then it will match you with sometimes with actual Vikings, archaeological, you know, whether it be an artifact that had blood on it or a tooth or what have you. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Of so this is, you want to go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so this is how to figure out if you have Viking ancestors and then mm-hmm. to honor them in your practice, what kinds of things can you do? Well, we always say to study their history, their way of life, uh, what they believed, how they might've changed history and, you know, how they established trade ports, all that kind of thing. It's important to get to know who they were. Hmm. If you have an ancestor altar, or you just want to make an altar specifically for Vikings, that would be pretty cool too. You could do that. You can give offerings. You can work with the runes and maybe other symbols like the helm of all or the Viking compass. Hmm. If you like being outside and on the water, you could go for some seafaring adventures like boating or fishing. 
<laughs> they also say there's some theories that Viking you Vikings used what was called a sunstone to help them navigate like on cloudy days, which we believe were calcite crystals. Interesting. So, yeah. So maybe you could work those into your practice in some way, or maybe even just leave it on the altar. Mm. Weaponry. If you want to wield a battle axe, that'd be cool. <laughs> Incorporating some of the Norse gods and beliefs into your own. What'd you say? I was just going to say, just don't do that in public. Unless you go to one of the, there's like bars now where you can throw an ax. Have you seen these Yes, which is amazing. And I want to do that. (laughs) It seems like a bad idea though. Like drinking and throwing a battle ax. (laughs) Oh, it's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time before some not smart person ends up with an ax in the leg or something. Exactly. You could also work with some of the Norse sacred animals, wolves, bears, boars, horses. And interestingly too, if you want to learn more about some of the warriors from back in the day that kind of filter into the Viking culture, the Ulfednar and the Berserker warriors, those were the wolf and bear warriors that were also sort of their own cults at one point. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, if you want to watch some shows, but obviously taking all of this with a grain of salt, because the historical facts in these shows are lacking. (laughs) (laughs) Some of it is historically accurate, but not all of it. So there's the Vikings, which I don't even know what network you can find that on anymore. Do you know Mm, Prime? Don't know. In Australia, I think it's on SBS. Whoa. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) I know. I don't, I have not a clue about the U S I know it's on Netflix though. Okay, cool. Yeah. Also the last kingdom. I talk about that show all the time. It's coming back in March. It's amazing. And there's also that like parody show, the Norsemen, Mm. which I watched like a few episodes. It was kind of funny, but all right. Well, before we wrap this up, why don't you tell our listeners If they're extremely interested in getting to know the Vikings or have ancestry that links back to Vikings or what have you, where can they access Viking resources that are good resources? Sure. Uh, The first one is Sea Wolves, A History of Vikings by Lars Brownworth. We talk about the sagas and the Edas all the time. Those are really Mm. one of the key sources for all things Norse paganism and the I ivory think, Vikings by Nancy Brown. Go ahead. What'd you say? Oh, uh, I was just going to say, and I think the original Edas are on ancient texts. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think I've seen them on there. Another one is called Othair's voyages. And I don't, I think that's an anonymous author from back in the day. I don't think we know who wrote that. Last one is A Modern Guide to Heathenry by Galena Kraskova. Cool. Yeah. And that one's a really good one. If you want to learn specifically the like heathen rituals, the blots. Awesome. That's all I got. Well, we could. I think that was enough. I've, I've talked y'all's ear off and fought with Alora. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so shall I wrap it up? Yeah, go ahead. We'd like to thank our listeners for your support, whether you're new or returning. Grant some of your magical energy to your witchy sisters. Subscribe to and review our podcast. 
Be sure to check out my website, alorarain.com, for tarot readings, numerology, and soul origin profiles. If you're looking for a witchy show on the racier side, subscribe to our shadow podcast, Mimir's Well, now on your preferred podcast app. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.